What's your Perfect. favorite alcoholic beverage? If you love being in a girl group, this is totally for you. Some people call us overwhelming. Yeah. Love it or leave it, we don't care. No, but we want you here. Yeah. Oh. Well, welcome to, to you. you. Can sip with us. us. I'm Colleen. I'm Ashley. What are you sipping on? Are you sipping anything? I've got a couple things. What are you sipping on? Uh, Shakeology. Oh, nice. I did. I just finished my little workout. I, I'm going to do a little um, walk on the treadmill when we're done recording. But I was hungry, so I thought get a little nutrients in, you know, yeah, in the tank. But I didn't want to like drink right now. I also, you said I'm going to get a shake, and you know the thing that I've been. I'm going to ask Trish about this. We have a special guest today, Trisha Lawson, who is, and we'll do a more uh, formal intro, but she ha- she was a um, critical part for both Ashley and I in terms of um, breastfeeding. Yes. Uh, she is an expert for all intents and purposes. So we've got her on the pod, but every time I'm done pumping or feeding or whatever, I want uh, chocolate. Creamy chocolate, oh. like chocolate creamy milk. chocolate. Yeah, like cold, like chocolate milk specifically, or chocolate milkshake. And so, obviously, I don't want to be like going for a milkshake every time. But I did the they get the Costco uh, protein shakes, so I grabbed one of those, oh, and then right. I also mm-hmm. packed some nutrients as well, like f- eating stuff because uh, I've been so hungry. And then yeah. cold water, like two whole big jugs of it, because I could drink the amount of like a large-sized dinosaur would drink or like an yeah. elephant. Yeah. Do you quantity. put like anything in your water? No, I don't. You know, like I don't like to. No, I don't do it. I don't, don't do it. I don't like mm-hmm. the taste. I just don't. Like, I mean, they have unflavored ones. I know, but even the like liquid IV and stuff has sugar oh, in well, it. Well, those aren't unflavored. Yeah, I know. But like, I true, I should probably f- try and find some. I just haven't. But I just just do my water. I only say that because I think I told you the story where Jenna said, it was actually when she was pregnant, but she was like, I could not drink enough. Like, it, I could drink all day long, have water to my mouth all day long. It would just not be enough. And her doctor was like, water doesn't actually fully hydrate you. You need electrolytes. And, yeah. um, and then I saw this thing on Instagram recently where it's like, if you've been told to drink a gallon of water a day to help you lose weight, like you can stop doing that. You're actually diluting your system unless you're putting like minerals and things into your water. Um, but you're like diluting the minerals that you need in your body. So I wonder, I mean, Ugh. yes, you're thirsty when you're breastfeeding for sure, but I wonder if it might help a little bit to add like even, you know, they say natural is like a squeeze of lemon you could put a little baking soda in and then some um, sea salt or pink Himalayan salt. And that's yeah. going to give you like your natural minerals and stuff. And you could just try it. And see. Baking soda see. has a flavor. So that's gross. But maybe like lemon and some a little bit of salt. Not so much that you can taste it, but that the minerals are in there. See if it helps. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Quench, Quench myself. Yeah. Like yeah. If it's actually hydrating you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. everything's a guessing game I feel like it's kind of I'm in this very exploratory phase with my body and my brain where I'm just like learning all the things yeah it's fascinating when you like become curious uh how are you because yesterday that we recorded patreon and you were like I'm on one I'm gonna wake up and feel better yeah did that happen well I didn't wake up and feel better because I sort of talked about this on my Instagram stories today. Speaking of being 
like curious about your body. So yesterday, um, I didn't sleep well. My, I had brain fog and then I started my day off with a phone call that put me in a bad mood. And that was at like 8.45. So then all day, I knew I was choosing it, but I was just like, Meh. and my brain was craving comfort food. And I know generally now knowing about blood sugar and also how much our brain, our bodies prefer actually to use glucose, um, that when you have a day of wanting comfort food and, you know, when you're tired or whatever, you don't have as much like stamina to be like, okay, I'll eat the freaking salad. Like, mm-hmm. so I went in yesterday, just like, whatever, I'm just going to freaking do it. So I had, you know, basically carbs on carbs on carbs yesterday, which is totally fine, but that is going to set you up then for some blood sugar issues, which is then going to have your body screaming at you the next morning saying, I'm starving, give me more food. And, um, so that's where I was this morning. And then I also just woke up kind of bloated. And so I was feeling like, "Eh." but the difference was yesterday I knew what I was doing and I wanted to do it. Today is requiring, um, commitment from me. Right. So it's like my body is saying one thing, but I don't want to, this is how I feel like I, I likened it to, you know, when people come back from vacation and they're like, oh, it's so hard to get back on track after vacation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I never really feel like you had a real big issue with dieting ever. Like I never really heard you talk about it. So I don't know sometimes when I talk, like how much of it is like, yeah, me too. Or if it's like, okay, I could understand that. You know, well, I think like for our listeners, a lot of people relate to yeah. this though. A lot, yes, a lot, a lot. I Most, do. Yeah. Probably. Agree. Um, so when you come back from vacation, you've been eating probably a lot of carbs, a lot of highly processed, like quick digestion, quick energy for your body, but not great blood sugar stabilization and not, you know, you, you basically turned your body into sugar burner, not a fat burner. So it's going to be, your brain's going to be loud and noisy when you get back to say, feed me, feed me, feed me and give me the carbs. And so it can be very hard to get back on track after vacation if you just listen to your brain. And it also will say things like, hurry up. I'm starving. I'm going to die. And it's like, it's not, you won't die from hunger. We have too much fat on our bodies to actually die from hunger, you know, especially coming back from vacation. Like you've got some storage in there. Your body just doesn't want to do the work to go in. And I'm not saying don't eat. I'm just saying our brains get real. It's like our number one, um, sense. What is it? It's, I can't, I can't think of the word, but like when a baby is hungry, that is the most important need more than like changing a dirty diaper, more than gas, more than sleep. Like that is, it's a very strong, natural need, innate need. Right. So it's like, that is also something that our brains will still do. If it says I'm hungry, it's going to be very loud and noisy in your brain and tell you like, hurry the F up, get me some food. I need it but it's not really that urgent. And so then that's where you have, like today I'm having to be committed to how I want to feel tomorrow instead of Mm. just answering my brain of like, Oh, here's a bagel with cream cheese. And then here's some crackers and some cereal, right? Like those are the quick grabs, but that's going to set me up for another day tomorrow of like my brain saying, hurry up, feed me the shit. So I have having to be committed today. And, um, and I, and I just don't like the way I feel, but I know that I have to be committed so that I don't continue feeling this way right. and the next day and the next day, you know? Yep. Yep. So I I'm still like kind of on one today, but I'm not indulging in it. Yeah. If you're, that makes you're sense. reining it in. 
I'm reining it in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're not letting the mm-hmm. dog sniff around ruthlessly. You're not letting the leash just go long. Right. It's, hey, you're sticking by my side. Right. Heel. Heel. Get it heel, heel, heel. 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 Yes. And that's not right. a fun walk. No, it's not a fun walk. But it's the right one you need. It's today. the right walk. If I want to, mm-hmm. it like, because otherwise I will be in this not fun walk every single day. So yeah. it's like, no. Yeah. We go back. I have one day of pity party. And then I'm like, here. I don't want to continue feeling like this. Yes. One day it kind of felt good. It felt good to be like ruthless yesterday. Or just like, you know, just like taking prisoners about it. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah. it doesn't feel good to continue living like that. So, to, so to be clear, it does not feel good today, but, but I know that it will, you know, oh, I I'm know. making steps. I got two. How are you today? You. I'm fine. What? I got, I'm tired. I got two hangover topics though for you. Oh, okay. One, well, one's not a hangover. One is just as you see Taylor joined Heim, the band in London mm. for a surprise performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I saw a TikTok. Who is Heim? Is it three girls? Yes. They're very okay, talented. They're sisters and they're in a wonderful, like, like they sort of make like poppy rock and roll indie vibes. I love them. They're very good. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, Taylor posted a TikTok where it was three girls in black leather pants and a black like crop top shirt. Yep. And it said something like copy paste. So it was like looking at these three girls and then the camera panned to her and she was wearing the exact same thing. And she looked up like, am I copycat? You know, kind of like, oh, this is embarrassing. Am I copycatting? Yeah. So I figured that they were someone, but I didn't know who they were. Yeah. Yeah. They're you know? very talented and they were performing in London. And yeah. Taylor joined them for a mashup of Love Story and Gasoline, which is a song that she oh. does on their album, um, most yeah. recent album. So anyway, I just watched that while I was feeding Ellie, and it was like, ah, oh, man, Taylor's yeah. so good live, and I hope. When is she going to be back? When will she be back? And then we had, so over on Patreon, you guys, uh, which is where we drop Friday episodes, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot uh, com slash you can sit with us. Um, so you get your Tuesdays here and then Fridays over there. Mm-hmm. We It's like our reality show over there. We lift up the hood of our personal lives. but what, And we talk a lot of hot topics and two steps over there too. But one of the things we did a long time ago last year is we made a bet. Uh, a bet for money. Real money. Yes, on, yes, yes, yes. Uh, if J-Lo it was right Ben. when J-Lo and Ben Affleck were like very hot and heavy. They're still hot and heavy. But we made a bet on if they would get married. And if so, by well, when? Well, first, if they would get engaged. Engaged, married. Which you won. And we bet real money on this thing. Yeah. And so they got married. And a lot they of did. people who listened to Patreon said, hey, who won the bet? Well, there were several stipulations and we couldn't find the episode. Well, we, to be fair, we didn't look. No, we didn't look at all. <laughs> so it's like we yeah. couldn't find the episode because we weren't looking for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We hadn't yeah. looked for the episode, but it was like we got to look. We got to get the actual details. We got to get the deets. Yeah. So... Um, thank goodness we have the best listeners. Uh, one of them sent the receipts. Okay. The episode is the one it's in December and the title is I've lied awake thinking about this minute 34 is when we start talking. Whoa. About okay. This is detailed. This is what we're talking about. Yes. So here is thank the goodness. bet. Okay. It's for $250. Mm-hmm. Right. That sounds right. $250. They get married, and I bet that they would. This is the thing. I win if all of this is true, and I lose if not if this does not happen. Right. Okay. 
So right. they get married in 2022 or 2023. That's a big window okay. of time. It's this big, feels like this feels like to me when I read this, you never you ever watch live poker on ESPN where they put it, yeah. out the first couple cards and then they yeah. show the player who's like 99% chance lock of on winning, winning this. Yes. Okay. And then the card the river the, down the river floats a big fuck you and the odds yeah. flip. So yeah. right now I'm the player in the spotlight with the 99% and they pan over You're me and I don't look excited cuz I'm that good of a poker player. I'm just like Yeah. Normal yes. face. But it's right. like you're like I'm not going to glow yet. We no, got a river but to the float, statistics, yeah. but I know how good this is. The whole right. room knows how good this is. Right. And every the, viewer on TV thinks Every so. viewer knows because my name's in green, okay? They get married in 2022 or 2023. Here's the river card. Here's or the river whatever card. card. In order for Colleen to win, they have to stay married until January 1st, 2025. Oh, whoa. Why the hell did I let you do dollars going to be worth it? Is that going to be a penny in 2025? I mean, we really did a long runway on this. And that's looking good for me. Exactly. Okay, so we've got another three years. Uh-huh. That we have to wait for them to... St- I mean, at this one, I think you're the winner. The chances of them staying together that long... I, I remember when I made the bet thinking they were not going to be married. Because she's yeah. been engaged so many times, right? So I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. I'll give you the marriage thing. Like, I just didn't think they were going to be married. Now that they're married, I think that they will stay married for th- at least three years. I mean, she was yeah. married to Mark Anthony for several years. I don't know how long. So yeah. that feels pretty good but also feel, how yeah. anticlimactic because now it's going to be like okay three years later they're still married here's your 250 that you should have had you know it's not like we're waiting and then the engagement came and then we wait another year and then the marriage comes and then we wait six more months and they're still whatever it's like it all happened real quick we just yeah. made this bet in january and now yeah. bam we gotta wait yeah, yeah you know all the things now we're just in the, yeah. we're in the holding pattern for a long time for a very long time. Yeah. When I read that message, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Oh. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's not so good for you. All right. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. You guys know I'm a huge advocate of brain health, taking care of your mental space. It is for me, like almost even more important than taking care of your body, right? We take, we show up all the time for our bodies. We move them, we exercise them, we do all this thing. And we need to, I think about taking care of your brain as fitness, you know, doing therapy or personal development or things like that is like fitness for your brain. You got to keep it, keep it in check, you know? And that is where BetterHelp comes in because BetterHelp is online therapy with real vetted therapists. And you can do it with video, phone, or even just a live chat if you want to do that. So you don't have to be on camera. If you don't want to, you do it straight from home. You'll fill out a quiz online, let them know what kind of you know therapist you're looking for, what, what you want to work on. And then it'll spit back. Here's a bunch of options, male, female, you know, here's their specialties. And you can pick one, look at their schedule, schedule a time. If their schedule doesn't match, you swap to another therapist. If you meet with them and you don't like it, it's not a vibe. You can swap to another therapist and it's all done straight from the comfort of your own home. Plus it is so much more affordable than in-person therapy. You go online and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. I have loved this. You, If you've heard any of these ads before, you know I've done it. 
I've also switched my therapist, I think three or four times. So I love that. I don't, I don't want to leave my house basically ever. So this is financially a huge benefit, but also just convenience wise, a huge benefit. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash sip. That's better. H E L P.com slash sip. All right. It is time. We are bringing on a guest that's actually long overdue. Yeah. Because this next guest that we have, while it might not seem relevant to some of you if you're not on your breastfeeding journey, I feel like all of us know someone who's breastfeeding. So stick around and listen because this next guest changed my life. To an, mine and Max life two and a half years ago. She's currently changing Colleen and Ellie's. Um, and I do feel like it's sort of life changing because of that bonding that you get. And, you know, and I, of course, I'm talking about our breastfeeding guru, coach, all the things for the boobs and the babies, <laughs> you know? And her name is uh, Trisha Lawson. Hi, so, Trisha. Hi, everyone. Welcome, to, welcome the to the pod. Thank you. I feel you. like people know about you, but now they're going to get to meet you. That's awesome. Okay, so tell us, well, sh- what should we say? Should we talk about anything about how we met? Sure. We didn't, it's kind of like whatever. You just you just strolled on into my DMs as a well, total stranger. Yes, yes. Right? with Revy though. With Revy mm-hmm. being sick, that was what it was yes. when Revy Fevers. was sick. Yes, it was. It was right. Actually, it was like perfect timing because it was Revy was so sick with RSV. That's when I got so sick with RSV right before. I think because I had RSV and we were coughing so hard, I think is why my water broke. Um, but you helped me dose like, t- yes. like the, the fever thing with Revy, um, yep. appropriate dosage, because I guess this is a good introduction um, because you have worked in the healthcare field for lots of years and you have four kids. Four. Yes. Four I've been kids. a nurse for 18 years. Yeah. I'm a registered nurse. <sighs> 18 years this year, but oddly, I've always been in adult health. Um, so I haven't mm. been a pediatric nurse, but you putting all that information, critical thinking skills together and throw four kids into the mix and you know a thing or two, right? Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So then you told, you helped me with like, here's the proper dosage for Revy and her weight, um, instead of just going off of the box. Right. And then it was like two weeks later I had Matt or a week later I had Mac and you were like, Hey, also I, I do, if you're interested, I do know some things about breastfeeding. And I was very committed to a nursing journey with Mac and pretty quickly there, I was desperate and I was videoing you pictures of my boob, <laughs> like literally nipples out. Like this is what he's doing Help and I don't me. know what to do. And you're like, okay, deep breaths. And then it was such an empowering experience for me. And I don't know that I would have been able to nurse Mac without you. And so now whenever someone I love has a baby, I'm like, if you're interested, you got to talk to Trish and hence why Colleen and Trish are now. And here we are. Connected. Yeah. And actually with uh, Mac, you would put out a question on one of your stories and said, I think he was maybe two weeks old and he seems to be refusing the breast. It's, I, is this a nursing strike? And I'm like, oh God, no, no. Mm. I'm trying to get mm-hmm. into those DMs and answer. I'm like, you're going to get a lot of answers that I know aren't going to be right. So please listen. Yeah. And you yes. did. Um, yeah. And then we kind of took it away from there and yes. went through a lot of stuff actually with him. A lot of things. And yeah. what I realized was like the coolest was how much Reese, like you're not just like, oh, I've had four babies and cause that's kind of how you pitched yourself a little bit was yeah. like, I've had four kids plus I'm my friends go to person, but you also are very researched based. Like it's not just, Oh, this was my experience. It's like, here's the facts and the studies and the science 
that yes. kind of, and so that was really helpful. Absolutely. And so. that's, that's nursing, right? Everything we do is evidence-based practice. So we always are looking for the evidence, the research, what's current to back what we're doing. And then yeah. experience comes in and helps that, right? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay. So anyway, I'm, I nursed Mac for a, a, almost a year because of that. Mm-hmm. You guys have, you and call. Yeah. Talk about your journey. Call. So, so yeah. So I, I think it's awesome that you're on here, Trisha, because, um, before I had been, someone said to me, they're like, oh, there's going to be classes about labor and delivery, but take a class about postpartum, like what to do after the mm. baby's there, and also about breastfeeding. So I took a short class and I was so glad I did because once Ben was here, I was like, okay, this is natural, but also like had I not taken that class, would it have would I have put anything together? Like, whoa, this is way more than I thought. And then, uh, but Ben and I got into a good groove and then Ellie came along and uh, we were having some issues. And I talk a lot about that over on Patreon, so I won't rehash it all here. But Trisha uh, came to the rescue and it was like a couple of weeks of just trying to get on a good track, which we're on now. And I'm so glad you're here on the pod because like Ashley said, there's a lot of people who are listening to this who are probably pregnant or new moms or maybe about to have another baby and want to commit, like want to figure out the whole breastfeeding thing, similar to Ashley, like, hey, I'm committed to figuring this out. Um, or who have a friend that they could share this episode with. And I think there's a massive gap of knowledge uh, frankly, especially like <laughs> in the U.S. when it comes to supporting women um, who yeah. want to breastfeed. And so um, I'd love for you to share like your thoughts on that and and what you think, like what do you need to know if you're if you're any of those people, mm-hmm. right? Like where do, where do you think the major gaps are and like kind of lay the foundation of like why are you passionate about this? What do you wish people knew? And like, how do we help people who want this get off to a great start and a successful journey of their own? That's a big question. I just loaded. I was going to say, you're going to have to remind me of those. So give us everything you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm never usually at a loss for words, which you two have both probably figured out working together. Um, Okay. So basically what got me started was acknowledging that gap. Um, I don't think the US and Canada are much different in terms of their lack of... Um, good support. So what I pitched, like I said to to Ashley, is that I'm that go-to person. It's because people couldn't find people. There was yeah. the help mm-hmm. wasn't available. So often I was people were coming to me asking questions, and it was like, wow, you heard these women's stories, and you're like, nope, that's probably not what happened. Nope, probably didn't get good info there. Like, and I was mm-hmm. seeing time and time again women who were not meeting their breastfeeding goals. And I've af- I've had people ask me, what do you mean by breastfeeding goals? And I'm like, well, people walk in and go. I want to nurse for a year. Oh, I, I'm just going to try it and whatever happens. Whatever you had set in your mind for an expectation, mm-hmm. it wasn't being met. And many, I would say nine times out of 10, there was regret mm. for the women that that came along with. And so I felt, listen, if you knew you had all of the information, all the help, all the support, and it still didn't work out the way you wanted, you at least could walk away going, I did everything I can. Not a year later, meet me and feel slighted that you were missing information and that it could have mm. been different, Right. So that opportunity, I mean, that that was obvious from, you know, working with you guys, friends, that type of thing. So, um, and then what I do like to pitch about myself is that, and you guys probably found this, is that a lot of times you'll find it, and Ash, I know you had to bring a lactation consultant into the house a few times mm-hmm. just to have some more hands-on, because um, hands-on is obviously best, um, but if you're hands-on 
help and knowledge isn't the best, then yeah, distance is still really good, right? Um, I found a lot of times the consultant would come in and they would work with you. They'd see what was happening. They'd give you all the info, educate, and then see you later. And then they were gone. Things would go well for a day or two. And then now you're sitting there and, and everything's falling apart and you're by yourself again. So what I wanted to offer women was almost like um, that best friend who knows a little bit about everything that you can call and ask the questions and you feel comfortable and you can send your boobs across the internet and show them yeah. and it's all good, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, and so that was kind of the goal is to be there and to support. So that's why you'll see when we work together, it's like, hey, call, how's it going? What's happening? Tell me what you're doing. So it's like, I don't know what she said I should do next. Should I pump? Should I do this? So that's mm-hmm. where that support is always there. So I can kind of walk you through, calm you down, tell you what the next step should be and, and kind of go forward with that plan. Yeah. I just texted so, you the other day. I was like, hey, she's eating for this amount on each side, good or bad. I don't yeah. know. Tell me, you know, yeah. and it was awesome. And yeah. it's funny. A lot of times fun. I will get questions and I'm like, that's a Google, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the difference. And this is what I find. I, I don't realize it because I'm in my world, in my brain, right? Is that I can Google something because of my, my medical background and go, mm, bad source, bad source. Yep. Okay. That's a good one. And I'm going to look at four others and they all have the same answer. Yeah. Okay. Yep. This is what we're going to go with because obviously I don't know everything. There's things that I'm have to go to. Many people will go to Google it and they are just overwhelmed by the answers. Right. And they just, mm-hmm. they don't know what to do. Um, so right. that- don't know which that's a very good point. Cause I can Google it too. You, anyone yeah. listening to this can Google it too, but you can't, I mean, it's a joke, right? Oh, anything you read on the internet, like you believe anything you read on the internet, but like, it is true. I didn't know because there's conflicting information. So yes. what source do I trust? Which one do I not? Yeah. And you, I would be like Googling because I'd be, when you're in these moments, it's frantic. It, I feel like it's frantic. And so it's like, I would shoot a text to you, but I'm also Googling and trying to figure it out. Like, it's like the fastest I can get Obsessive. the answer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I would go and I'd search and then you would say, okay, I went to this site and this is what I'm seeing. These are the studies that are cited. I'm like, okay, phew. Here's, yeah. you know, cause it's like, it can be so overwhelming yep. and really scary in the moment. And again, people don't know how to identify good sources, good research, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of thing. So to know you're getting good information is, is important. Some people end up on blogs. You're listening to what a bunch of moms said, which is valuable right. in itself, depending on the situation. Right. Um, so that's where the gap is, which, which I identified and said, okay, well, let's fill this gap and let's support women and try to get them through. So that's where, when you hear the term lactation consultant, and yet I'm kind of turning it and saying, well, breastfeeding coach is because it is more of a coaching. I'm mm-hmm. trying to coach you and empower you to have the knowledge, the skill, the ability to understand breastfeeding, what's happening. Why do we do certain things rather than just be following rules? When you mm-hmm. understand, then I can kind of take you as a little bird and toss you out of the nest and be like, hey, fly. I'll see you if yeah. anything comes up, right? Um, so is that empowerment that women feel like they understand, they know what's going on. And I know, Ash, you've mentioned that a lot of times mm-hmm. that you felt empowered in in your journey and, and, you know, kind of making decisions as you went. Yes. Well, and I think I was empowered because I was so committed with Mac and John saw the struggle. And there were so many times that he was like, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, let's just do formula. It's not a problem. And I had to say to him because I had the power. Whereas with Rev, I wish I would have known you with Rev because I think it would have been a different experience. But when I would talk to you, you would say, because in those moments, it feels like this is the end of the world. Like I, I can't wait. There's, there's no solution here. I can't fix it. And with, with Mac, right. And with Rev, that's what I decided. But with Mac, when it felt like this is desperate, I would just reach out and you'd say, this is no problem. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. Right. We're going to just, let's try this. We've got lots of things that we can try before you would give up. So when John would come and say, 
why are you doing this yourself? I would say, I remember asking him, I need you to stop offering an out to me. I just need your support. I am committed to this. This is going to be really hard, but I want to do this. And so then he, but I, I wouldn't have had that confidence had I not had you say, look, this is totally normal. This is totally fine. We're figuring it out. We will figure it out. Absolutely. Okay. One, I did DM you about Rev, but that's okay. I, I probably I, missed I it. Didn't, I, I mean, didn't sneak in I mean, that was when my DMs were crazy. I hadn't yeah. snuck past the request section. You hadn't snuck past. No, here we are though. Yeah. Um, I'm still convinced Rev probably had a tongue tie. So we'll discuss that yeah. one day. Yeah, she could have, yeah. Um, okay, but that's a good point. So the whole quitting idea. Tip number one, don't ever quit at night. Just commit mm-hmm. to never quitting at night. Okay, because nighttimes call, you know. Oh, yeah. They're usually the roughest, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when things are frustrating and tough, that is the moment you say, okay, no matter how bad I want to quit breastfeeding, we're not going to make this decision at night. It's probably not one that I really want to follow through with, right? Yes. Yes. Um, And then on your point where you had to say to John, hey, just listen, like back me up here. So something I like to talk with my clients about is my role as your coach. So I'm here to cheerlead, to continue to push you, to do all those things, but you are the driver. So when it comes mm-hmm. to the point where you're like, hey, we're switching routes now, I need you to encourage me that it actually is okay to be done because mm-hmm. I can't handle it anymore for whatever reason. That's super important. So having that conversation with your spouse, with your lactation consultant, whoever is your support system, um, I give an example. My best friend decided to do marathons one year. So she decides she's going to start running and she's practicing. And you know, you know, there's this whole schedule that you have to follow. And there would come points where she's like, I don't want, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to go and practice and I don't want to mm-hmm. do it. And I was like, go do it. Cause this is your goal. So get up, move. And that was the push she needed. There came a point in her journey to marathons where it was causing serious anxiety and it was bad. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't good. So that was, that's a difference, right? That's where I go. Okay. What are we doing? This isn't bringing yeah, you right. joy. This isn't do- so you got to decide when to switch, right? Um, so that's super important is to identify that and know that I can be a breastfeeding coach all day long. At the end of the day, is to help you reach your goals. And if that means we have to switch gears and move on to formula or other options, that's what we're going to do, and that's what I'm going to support you to do. Hmm. I love that, and like putting the health of the mom, right? Like absolutely because at the end yes and at the end of the day you know what obviously the whole journey is amazing and i want them to leave with as little regret as possible but you're gonna probably have more regret that you missed out on the smiles the the snuggles Mm -hmm. all the joy not just the breastfeeding right so to balance those things is super important Mm, i love that i wish i could like we need to make that in and of itself like a a reel on instagram for like so many people to see of like release all of the release that part. If any of you listening to this are carrying that, like be gentle with yourself. Um, All right. But I also, so be gentle with yourself, but also I do think I really, I do regret not being able to push through with Rev because I know how special the experience was. And I see it is, I feel like it's pretty common now that fed is best. And I also subscribe to that message. And you know, at the time I couldn't have done anything different with Rev, but had I had someone holding my hand through it, um, especially as a first time parent, like with call Ben, you're a first time parent and you guys had a a good breastfeeding journey, but I did not as a first time parent. And so it was all very overwhelming, but I feel like I really struggled bonding with Revy. I mean, I had a traumatic birth and all of that. So I, I, I think Trish, I also know you agree fed is best, right? Like let's take care of the mom, but if it's hard, that doesn't mean it's not you don't it's not in the cards for you. Like you can absolutely still do it. 
do it. Persist. Yes. And so one of the big things, because Call threw me 18 questions, so we're going to bounce around, (laughs) was um, some of the, some of the things to expect is that it may be hard. Mm-hmm. And Fed, so I 100% believe, it, like I agree with the Fed is best terminology. Where I will struggle is where Fed is best becomes a quick escape to some of yeah. the difficulties. And you will see Fed is best come through some of your companies that are going to be more formula based and stuff like that. So I'm always looking to go, what's in the best interest of mom and her goals and her journey and this baby? Mm-hmm. And when you weigh all those things out, but very, I mean, just like many things in our world right now, we like quick escapes. I mean, you guys, we want something and we wanted it from Amazon yesterday. We're just, mm-hmm. that's how we, that's how we are. So I tell a lot of women, when you come into this, it might be hard, but good things come to those who work hard. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if you thought building your business was going to be easy, the first hard thing came along, you would have jumped ship. You wouldn't be sitting where you are right now. So it's that delicate balance to know when, yeah, it's hard and we got to push through and we're, we got to plan and we're going to do these things until you're tipping the scale to where this is miserable. You're not enjoying your yep. child. Like there's that balance, right? And obviously mm-hmm. when you do have someone to support you that can give you good information, that knowledge, that support, those pep talks, it can make that um, a lot easier, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. expect it to be hard, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's worth but- it. I also think that they're uh, one of the reasons that a lot of moms and call, we might have differing opinions on this, but I think one of the reasons that a mom, a lot of moms quit is because it's painful. And that is one thing I learned from you is that like, that actually is sort of a myth really. I mean, it can be tender, but it really shouldn't be like excruciatingly painful. And that was the advice I got before Rev was like, you know, my aunt told me like, take a towel and rub your, basically like, take sandpaper to your nipples. Cause it's going to be painful. And that's not actually true. Like it's not supposed to be, it's supposed to be uncomfortable. You'll feel some pressure as your right. Like your nipples get adjusted, but that it's, so I feel like a lot of people quit. Cause it's like, this is, I mean, it is so painful that it like shoots pain all over your body. I mean, call yeah. you had some sessions like that. Right. But that that's yeah. not really normal no. or it's not like it doesn't have to be painful. It's common. Yes. But it's not a normal finding that you should have in a good breastfeeding relationship with the baby. That's a clear indication something's wrong. Right. So and I can see you don't have help and you're going through every feeding session every two hours is excruciating. Of course you're going to quit. I mean, who wouldn't? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and again, so this isn't to pitch myself. This is, this is how you you should be be pitching yourself. Well, it is is to pitch herself. Folks. True, true. However, <laughs> it isn't just about me. This is for your success. Get support. Have somebody who knows what they're doing. If you have a best friend, grab them. But if you, someone like myself, get somebody who knows what they're doing from day one, because it mm-hmm. starts on day one. And that pain can start on the first, second, third feed. And if you're calling two weeks later, you may be at your end of your rope, right? And it's difficult mm-hmm. to recover from that sometimes. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on like it being uncomfortable versus painful? Uncomfortable, I would say uh, when you are established and things are going well, you should feel that a baby is there, but it should just be a neutral feeling. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel you, nothing hurts, it doesn't, it shouldn't hurt. And even this idea of tenderness, I'm like, I don't know, maybe I would still argue though that that's probably not the best latch. Because when you do establish a good latch, it doesn't hurt. When you said, when you just said a minute ago, you said that's a clear, if it's really painful, it's a clear sign something's wrong. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's something um, wrong with their, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have a tongue tie or something. It could, what you mean is also, it could just be a latch issue. 
right? most likely like a latch issue. Quick fix. Yeah. Yep. Because I mean, if I were to do like, okay, remember, I see a lot of tongue and lip tie issues because those are the people who end up coming, right? Like they, other people who just had latch issues, they work through it all in that first week or two, they don't need me. Um, when I see people who are coming with, with troubles, a lot of times that's what ends up being the problem and it's been misdiagnosed or not diagnosed along the way. So I would say majority of the time, it's just needs latch improvement. So what should expect? It could be hard. Hard. It could be hard. Um, For me, there was pain because there was a latch issue that we had to work through. And I knew that something was wrong because that was not my experience with Ben. So I, um, but what else, what else should a new mom or like what else to expect? What else? So in the expectation, natural, but learned. So people Mm. think, oh, it's natural. Well, then it should just pop on the boob and everything be fantastic. There are natural elements. Babies will naturally crawl up the chest if you have them on your chest after birth and you they crawl up and they may attempt to latch. Um, so it is absolutely a natural process, but it is a learned one. So mom is learning, baby is learning. You need to remember that and give yourself grace because mm-hmm. it, it, it can take some time. That being said, it can obviously be an imperfect journey, right? It's not, you hear your best friend who they just you know, day one, baby was on that boob. They're producing all kinds of milk. Everything's fantastic. And much like many things in the um, mom parent world, we're comparing to other people's experiences and thinking ours is less than wrong, you know, that type of thing. All of the journeys are different. Many of them come with struggles. So expect that. Um, Ask for help. Now, not Mm -hmm. just from somebody like me in your world. So cooking, cleaning, whatever you need help so that you can focus on your recovery. Um, and I was listening to your podcast. I can't remember if it was like two podcasts ago. Um, that was just talking about what would you tell new moms just in general? And, uh, just, yeah, they t- what's that term? It takes a village. Yeah. So we need oh, to yeah. build our villages back, right? Um, totally. use our villages and use our people so that we can focus on those things. We forget we carry these babies for nine months. You either have a wonderful pregnancy or you have aches and pains and all the things, we have the baby and then all of a sudden we're supposed to bounce back in three days and we're in our jeans and we're doing all the things. And no, listen, it is traumatic on your body. We need to give ourselves grace. You need to stay home. You need to rest. Um, I highly recommend people limit their visitors in the first two weeks. I didn't. And that's why I'm telling you on baby two, three, and four, I smartened up. Um, everybody wants to meet the baby, right? So they're yeah. all, everyone's coming And it's like, you're excited to show off the baby, but then they come to the point where you are running on fumes. You don't want to put on this face for Aunt Jo, who's coming over to see the kid, who stays too long. You're struggling with breastfeeding, all the things, right? So limit the visitors. Give yourself... I like to give myself a two-week window. I have practice at this. Like I established this, right? Yeah. Over four. Um, Give myself two weeks to say like, call you in two weeks, friends. I need to recover. We need to lay low. And then we'll start acting a little bit more alive after that. Um, I, I saw something on our store. I think you might've shared it call. Cause I don't know if Kara did, yeah, um, on I our did. stories the other day that said, hold, hold the, the mom, mother. not the baby. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. That was an awesome post with some good tips mm-hmm. and, yeah. uh, yeah, that was the, what you just laid out. Trisha was, uh, with Ben. It was like, I invited everyone I knew over yeah. the first three mm-hmm. weeks. And this time around it was like, actually, I just need this time. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was a big difference for my mental health. Um, I feel like there were more points you were going to make. So this is like awesome stuff. More points. Um, expect a sleepy baby. So mm-hmm. not um, 
you know, surprising if baby sleeps and hard to, hard to get the wake to eat. But when you get them on there, you know, you're sometimes juggling, baby mm. won't open their mouth, baby's falling asleep. I can't get them to eat this type of thing. Depends on how labor went, what drugs, their epidural, um, that type of thing to baby get. And one big point that a lot of people don't know is oftentimes when baby is falling asleep on the breast before they should be, before they're done feeding, is because they're not getting the milk that they want. So Ooh. that could be because the milk so is there. So they're bored? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. They are. They're like, mm, thanks for the appy. So you guys have probably all, you know been to a restaurant, order everything up, got this huge meal coming, you're killing on the appy, and you're like, meh, I don't want the meal. Same mm-hmm. idea. You get rid of those hunger pains, and the baby's like, okay, yeah. this milk isn't coming fast enough. This is kind of boring. Good night. But they haven't fully fed, right? So now yeah. we're not so doing that supply demand, um, telling your body, what do I need so that it um, supplies it? Mm-hmm. And then you're going to possibly be feeding more often, right? So when that happens, another write this one down, um, is compressions. So I know I taught both of you mm. how to do breast compressions. Uh, what you're doing there is if you just picture a balloon with a hole in it, say a water balloon, water's coming out. If I, where's my hand? If I squeeze that balloon, water comes out quicker. So you're just helping the milk to come out quicker because babies are still learning. You might have absolutely imperfect latches at certain times, first three to five days before your milk comes in. There's not a ton, which there doesn't need to be because that's how, that is part of that natural process. Um, but you help kind of move that milk and kind of aid what the baby can't really do yet. Keeps them awake, keeps them enticed um, and feeding. So that really can help, especially until that milk comes in. Because that's often a, a complaint from a lot of moms. Can you I talk a little bit more about, because this was definitely a, whoa, this is crazy cool and also crazy important. Supply and demand. Yeah. Can you talk more about that and share yeah. like from the basics what does that mean? Because there's this is a big okay. So, question that when you say it that way, was that a new learning point for you on baby number two? No, baby number one. When I took the class, you did like, okay. Whoa, because I didn't know anything about literally sure. nothing. Okay, until I took that class, and I some of the things I hear, I was like, oh, they they should have taken that class. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah. how what that all means and how critical I think that is for like understanding the foundation for of sure. what we're doing when we breastfeed. Okay, yeah. Um, on that note of classes, you definitely find something. And I do do education as some of my packages. I like to focus on the specifics of what you really need to know. Cause sometimes these classes are so big in their information and you have nothing to apply it to yet. So it's kind of like, yeah, in one year out the other. Then once we like, I'll, I do the education. Then when the baby comes, I'm reiterating all the same things I went over with you. So you're not like, ah, I can apply that now. So it's super yeah. helpful. Okay. So supply demand, um, in the first few weeks, uh, first yeah, a few weeks. The baby, um, the milk comes in hormonally. So that means your body doesn't know if you're having a 10-pounder or a 6-pounder. So it just produces. Mm. So you're going to have an abundance of milk. So this is where you may find, and this is another huge reason to have somebody work with you, is that babies who are having struggles with latch and or ties in their mouth may not get discovered until six weeks, eight weeks out when that milk supply switches from hormonal to supply demand because there's an excess of milk. Baby doesn't have to work super hard for it. And then when it switches and it's kind of more up to them to take the milk, but they can't, it rears its ugly head or discovering tongue ties, poor latch, that type of thing. And then we have some big hurdles to overcome. So beginning is a little bit more hormonal, lots of extra milk there. But what it, your body works on is supply demand. So demand is what you pull from your body. So what milk is taken from your body, whether that be from baby or from pumping, and your body responds with that amount of supply. So if baby takes two ounces, and of course, when they're breastfeeding, we don't really know, but people like to hear numbers. So take mm-hmm. two ounces, 
your body goes, oh, baby's eating two ounces. Let me supply that. It makes two ounces. Okay. So cool. I think that's so cool. So the more often you do it, right? So if I say, oh, well, my milk supply seems low, feed more often or a pump. Body doesn't, the supply demand doesn't care if it's a pump or not. It is the removal of the milk. Then it responds with the, with the supply, right? So the more often you feed, if every two hours you're pulling two ounces, then your body replaces it, you know, however many ounces that ends up being in, in the day. So that's how the body responds, right? Um, so that comes into play with a lot of things when you're like, oh, well, you know, we're kind of struggling. Baby didn't want to feed this feed. What do I do? I'm saying, well, you need yeah. to pretend we have a baby eating because otherwise your body doesn't think you need it. So go pump. That's mm-hmm. your demand. You get the, the supply, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Does that sum it up pretty good? Yeah. It's like yeah. placing okay. a food order at a restaurant. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right. the And there was also, oh, like there was a time um, where I wanted to make it to a year. Mac and I only made it 11 months. I wanted to make it to a year and I reached out to you. And we, I hadn't reached out to you probably in a little while because we had a great, you know, routine um, nursing journey. And I was like, oh my God, did I do this? You know, because I, st- I had started fasting a little bit. And you're like, one, you were like, I don't, that's probably, it's probably not fasting. Like it's not that big of a deal. But also if you wanted to bring them back to the boot more often, like get that demand back up. And I, at that point was like, I don't know if I'm that committed. Right. I don't want them on every two hours again, but, but you can always do this. Like the supply and demand thing is like always there, um, yep. which is cool. So, cause sometimes you'll hear, I feel like moms say like, Oh, I wasn't producing enough. And maybe that is a reality. Cause I think that for some moms, but it's pretty rare, right. That they're yeah, you Moms remember. Good job. Yeah, it is. It is rare. It is. It is a thing, but it is rare. So I would question when moms tell me, you know, my my first baby, this is what happened. I would question some other things. Was baby actually taking the milk properly? So was that the struggle? Because yeah. if that's why we say in the first um, month, for first two weeks to a month, you're committed. You have to yeah. be feeding that baby because that's where your body is learning okay, we need this amount of milk. Oh, we got a 10 pounder and they want to eat this much every so often. If mm-hmm. baby can't latch, tongue ties, whatever the situation may be, and it only takes an ounce, well, that's what your body thinks it needs, right? So baby mm-hmm. seems hungry. Because remember with Mac, you were actually bottle feeding at the time mm-hmm. when yeah. you reached out because there was, oh, I don't know. And I think I need to supplement. And so there was all of that happening. So your body's going, well, you only wanted an ounce and yet you're giving him an ounce out of a bottle. So he actually wanted two. We want to train your body into producing that too. Right. And I think you told me, cause the front milk, especially in the morning feed, but the front milk is watery and more hydrating for them. And then the hind milk is more fatty and satiating. And a lot of times I feel like Mac would, he'd get like the hydration, milk, you know, like the easy to come out of your boob milk, but then wouldn't suck around and wait for the fatty milk. So then he was also getting hungry more and yeah. like actually needed, then that's when we would give him the formula because he would become impatient. And that was another thing that I feel like you were like, no, make this kid work. Like, like he needs to learn that he can work to suck the milk out, you know? Well, and then later finding out he had issues with his tongue, right? It makes sense. So when you have a, so letdowns are, we have a letdown, which the milk is almost up in stores and it's stimulated when the baby sucks on the nipple, it literally lets the milk down. Some people may feel it. You get like a tingly sensation. You may just feel your mm-hmm. breast becomes harder or you'll see babies start going gulp, 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 gulp. That's when they're getting that milk let down. So babies who have poor latch oral ties, they may take that milk because it's like riding that wave. Easy peasy. Then when that slows and it's more up to them to be doing a really uh, efficient suck, they can't, they quit. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, I'm done. Yeah. Every, and unknowingly, parents go, oh, well, he just feeds really quickly. I'm like, mm, right. a newborn doesn't feed in five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So, Carl, do you want to say something? Because otherwise, I have another point. You just look no, like you have something going. to say. No, okay. I'm, I'm hearing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> the other huge thing that I teach, which I don't even know how it took me till my fourth baby to learn this on my own. And Dr. Jack Newman, you know, Ashley, I talked about him a lot, is one of my biggest go-tos for information. He's um, oddly enough Canadian, like myself, lives in Toronto, four hours from, from where I'm at. Um, he's an old guy. So I don't know how an old pediatrician male ended up being the breastfeeding guru, but he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's fantastic. So one of the things he teaches, which I rarely see this, is knowing what your baby is doing at the breast. So what you're going to get told, and I guarantee this, I somebody who did not get told this, I email these guys and let me know because it's not going to happen. Everyone gets told, put the baby to breast for 20 minutes each side. Is that what you guys got told in hospital? I don't remember that. Uh-uh. 20 minutes each side. That's it. That's what we're going to do. Okay. Well, what is baby doing during that time for 20 minutes? They might be suckling. They might be chilling. They might be doing a whole Mm -hmm. lot of nothing, but we're going, okay, well, he spent 20 minutes and then we switch him over. So what I teach is to look and see, and we, I taught you this, Colleen, Mm -hmm. swallowing versus sucking. So you'll be able to identify that baby's swallowing. So you'll be able to see in their little jaw, they drop their jaw down a little further. It pauses Mm -hmm. for a split second. That's a swallow. That means they had milk. If they're just sucking and you see this little wave in the side of their chin, they're not getting milk. So when you can look and see my baby was on there for 15 to 20 minutes, they were doing tons of swallowing. That means they got lots of milk. And then I switched them to the other side. Same thing happened. That was a good feed. That's how we can kind of quantify what's happening at the breast because people struggle a lot to go, well, I want to know like in a bottle that he's taking three yeah. ounces. Well, we don't get to know that. So this yeah. is a way that you can really know what is my baby doing, right? All right. Another word from one of our favorite sponsors, Care Of. Care Of believes that you deserve to feel your best this summer. From getting outside to enjoying your favorite seasonal dishes to taking a mental break, Care Of is here to help you take care of yourself all summer long. Care Of's convenient individual packets make traveling super easy. Just grab a few, one for each day you're gone, and your vitamin routine is set even when you're away from home. This is, you guys, we've talked about this before, but personalized subscription service that ships high-quality personalized vitamins and supplements and powders conveniently to your door every month. I, from the minute they became one of our partners, I, when I go down the vitamin aisle, I like, I'm like, oh, let's just take all of this, even though my body probably doesn't need all of this. Mm -hmm. And I get like overwhelmed. My vitamin like cabinet, talk about a disaster bill, right? USA, like disaster, just every Mm -hmm. kind of thing, like bottles half empty, things I've grabbed that I've never used. This is why I love Care Of is you can go on, you can take a quiz, you can tell them about you and they are going to give you just what you need in these adorable packets that we already talked about. They're so personalized and convenient, Uh, but I love it because I'm confident. Okay, this is what I need. I'm getting the exact amount. And when they sent me back the recommendations, I was like, oh, awesome. You know, there were some things in there I would have never grabbed, right? And then I have my tried and trues that I know I need, but you can go on and if you get like when I was trying to get pregnant, added a prenatal, uh, that kind of thing. It's nice and convenient to make sure that this is um, timely for what you need in your life. If there's like a specific health goal you have, for example, um, you can go in and modify your packet. For 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code SIP50. That's 50% off your first care of order by going to takecareof.com dot com and entering code SIP50. So Trish, any other tips for success or any other um, 
any other like wisdom you would pass along for anyone in terms of like how to make sure there's a good foundation for successful breastfeeding or any like breastfeeding basics you think people should understand out of the gate? Okay. Um, Another big one, skin to skin. Spend Mm. lots of time. The Mm. minute they give you that baby, skin to skin. So um, believe it or not, skin to skin actually helps to regulate the baby's breathing, um, their temperature Mm. after labor and delivery, their blood sugars. Um, There's actually, I hope I'm not quoting this wrong, the, I think it's American Pediatric Society shows that when baby's actually in the room, sleeping in the room with mom, um, it decreases their risk of SIDS by some huge amount. So having that baby, and it's like 50%, but don't quote me. Um, It's big. So Yeah. Um, so having that baby close does a lot. Baby can start to crawl to the breast when they need. That's kind of like that natural part that we really push. Whenever you're having troubles with breastfeeding, resort back to your skin to skin. Spend as much time with that baby on you. Offering the breast as much as you can um, is a big one. I'm just kind of looking through my notes, see if I missed any. So the compressions we talked about are really big. I promote doing compressions pretty much throughout your whole journey um, when you just need to speed up that flow. And you can also kind of speed your your feeds when you're kind of pushing that milk out. You're kind of aiding with that um, speed of the milk um, and keeping that baby on a little bit longer, emptying the breast. So remember, you empty more, that's more out demand. You're going to get better supply. Um, those are some of the major ones. Okay. Talk about just one last one. Yeah. Because I just went through this this morning with Ellie, the reset. Oh, yeah. This is your thing. But I, I adopted but it. I love yeah, it. But we talked okay. about it. And I think it's it's timely, especially when you got like some maybe gas yeah. or some maybe something else going on. Or who knows, right? Yeah. Um. Okay. So this calls word is the reset. And if, if whatever's happening, maybe you catch the baby too late in terms of their hunger cues and they're screaming and everything else. And you're trying to get them to breast and they're just losing it. Maybe you're having some struggles, whatever it may be when things are not coming together. Well, pick that baby up. If somebody's there, hand them off, take a minute to reset yourself, drop your Think about drop your shoulders, release your jaw, take a deep breath. Cause you probably are doing one of these mm-hmm. and you don't even realize let the baby calm and then come back to it because you can cause negative aversions, especially when we're struggling. Um, I have a client I'm working with right now. Baby's got a pretty significant tie and you even take that boob out, put that baby and they're literally pushing off the mom uh, because mm-hmm. they know, right, that that's a struggle for them. So it's really good to take that time to just reset, compi- get yourself together, get baby together. If you're home alone, just get them. Go walk around for 10 minutes. They'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then come and come back to it. Just pay attention to your energy sometimes. The babies pick up on they pick up on your energy. So if you're super worried, hi, oh my God, this isn't gonna go well, this is gonna hurt, this is gonna be terrible. They're picking up on that. So just take a deep breath, have faith in what's happening, and just go. And every time you go to nurse that baby is another opportunity to try again. If the latch wasn't perfect this time, see you in two hours. We'll give it another try. It's another learning opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. This morning I was almost <coughs> in tears and I had to remember the reset because it was like Oh my gosh, we went she did on one side and then we went to go on the other side and she just every time we went to boob she she was like so upset. Mm. So upset and she's at the stage now where she's she can actually cry. So there were actual tears, you know, coming down. And I was by myself and I I you go frantic. I was like sort of out of body. I was like what do I do? And then I was like wait, reset. I got up with her and just walked around and tried to breathe. Mm. Sure as shit, she had a big shit. She had a big, <laughs> huge blowout like five mm. minutes later. And that's why she was not crying when she was upright because the gravity, right? And then walking around, she finally got it out. And then we tried again and it was fine. Yeah. And it's like, it was a dose of my own medicine of just breathe. Yeah. Try just and breathe. breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, 
alcohol and breastfeeding. Yeah. I want to, I want to preface that question with, I feel like there's another myth that comes a lot with breastfeeding. It's sort of there. I feel like there's sort of, again, no shame in not breastfeeding. I have one that was formula fed and one that was rest fed. They're both fine. You know, they're, they're thriving. But um, I feel like there is this idea of like, here's an easy out for you. And one of the things you hear is like, like one of the things I even said was like, I don't want to have to change my, I, I just did this for nine months. I don't want to have to change my life and my diet for another year. And that's actually kind of a myth, right? Like what you, what I learned from you and Dr. Jack Newman was like, moms really shouldn't have to change anything, even their drinking. Like, so talk about that. Like what the, yeah. you know, um, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, oh, I wish I had it. There's this um, thing I was reading. It was going on about like how we'll say like, well, this is easier about nursing or and this is easier about bottle feeding and pri- all these different things. And as babies get older, they tend to um, still have more feeds with the bottle than they do the breast. So it actually in due time, like we start off where one seems a little harder, which would be the breastfeeding. But as time goes on, breastfeeding is the easier of the two in terms of your time commitment and that mm-hmm. type of thing. I mean, I understand that you can hand off a bottle to other people, but one of the things for me that I loved was that sun's coming in. Um, no matter where I was at, anybody could pick that baby up and sue them. Anybody could go change them. Anyone could put them to bed. Not obviously never as good as us mothers, but they could. But when that baby was hungry, nobody could take care of that baby except for me. And that was a very special thing to say like, no, no, give, give them to me. Give them, the mom's got this. And this is the only one who could do that. So that was super, super special. Right. Um, but in terms of, the alcohol, the drinking, as you guys, you, you didn't talk about my drink and I picked this specifically. Oh, what are you drinking, yeah. Trisha? Why did you guys, specifically? Because it's a Canadian drink. Okay. Got Caesars. Caesars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys do that Bloody Mary thing over there? Mm-mm. No. Caesars. Caesars um, is a Bloody Mary in a can? What is Caesars a is a Canadian Bloody Mary, but you guys make your Bloody Marys with what? Like a tomato juice? What yeah. do you? How do you do like it? A- yeah. It's it's called Clamato juice. Yeah. With clam. I mean, we have that here. We have You do now cuz of us though. Oh, You're is that welcome. Why? Yeah. yeah. I've never um, heard of this or tried it and I'm very intrigued. Very close to a, a Bloody Mary, but ours is just much better. I might and be biased. Why? Oh, I need to try. We the Clamato's better. Juice. Yeah, okay. we should. Clamato's better. Um, do you guys put vodka in yours? Usually. Is that that's Okay, so that's like our staple. Clamato juice, vodka, yeah. Tabasco sauce. And then Worcestershire sauce, Worcestershire. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, You know, spices on the rim, that type of deal. Kamado's Canadian. So that's just a little difference. It sounds delicious. It's a little thicker. Yours is your tomato juice, a little thicker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's better. Yeah. So alcohol. Um, Okay. Myth was pump and dump. So if we drink, baby's going to get all this alcohol. We need to pump to get rid of that milk and then we need to dump it. Um, We do not need to do that. So there has been studies. There's been tests done on breast milk. The amount of um, alcohol content in your blood is what you will have in your in your breast milk, which is the same. So it's very, very minimal. And I can pull like what, I don't know if it's the same everywhere, but like say your legal amount is 0.05% or something like this. If you were to get, if you were to blow or get tested or whatever. Yeah. So that amount even in breast milk is like, it's like nothing. One of the articles I think it is that Dr. Maybe Dr. Newman wrote or somebody else is that the amount of alcohol in the breast milk is equivalent to almost the amount of alcohol that's actually in orange juice. Because if you actually break oh, wow. orange juice down to it's like, you know, yeah. finest amount, there's a tiny bit of alcohol in there. So what what we tell people now is that what we're more concerned about is your neurological effects. So if I go and have like I'm drinking this drink right now, if my baby started to cry, put them on the boob and feed them. They're fine. 
th- there's not even enough alcohol in there to affect them. Yep. So a good way to gauge is to say, if I am being affected, if I can feel the effects of my alcohol, probably shouldn't go ahead and feed them this time. You've yep. had one or two drinks and you feel fine. There's not enough alcohol to have an effect on the baby. Go ahead and feed them. Okay. Yep. The bigger concern is making sure that you're safe. So we don't promote that you go get hammered and now you're dropping the baby and falling asleep on them and all the things, right? Yeah. Obviously. Um, so that's kind of your rule of thumb. It's very minimal. So no need to pump and dump. None of that. If you needed to, so let's say you did drink too much and you're like, nah, I'm feeling, we're going to skip this fee. We're going to bottle. You may need to pump to relieve yourself because now you're engorged or you're too full. Pump for relief or pump that whole feeding and, um, going back to the supply demand idea, right? Because we don't want to tell our body that baby's not feeding that feed. And then depending on how much you drank, okay, you might want to get rid of that. But generally speaking, a few drinks, you're fine. And most moms are not going out looking to get hammered. They're looking to have one or two drinks when they're yeah. in this stage of life, right? So I'm much like of it too honest. is like worrying about what other people think. Like I've been on this podcast cracking <laughs> a beer very recently and talking about breastfeeding. And I'm like, oh, am I going to get just totally judge because I get I I get um sensitive to it or I'll be out at a restaurant, you know, with Ellie and like the bucket seat, little tiny newborn ordering a glass of wine. And I'm like, what's the optics on this? And so I love talking about it here. Yeah. Right. Because it's just it's nice to be able to like talk about it from a fact based perspective and yeah, to absolutely. hopefully help people like me chill. <laughs> and have I your drink. Like when I read the yes. article from Dr. Newman, it was even more um, free, like you could even have a buzz and feed basically. He was like, it is about the safety of the child. It's not about what's in your milk. It's, can you hold them safely, care for them safely? Right. Um, and to your point about like, if, if your blood alcohol level is 0.05 or 0.08, that is what's in the milk, which is what is in the U S considered like a non-alcoholic beer or like non-alcoholic is 0.05 or something. So that's essentially non-alcoholic breast milk, even if there's points. Right. So it's like, it's just really science-based fascinating to know. So we can lose the shame on ourselves and also not use that as a reason to say, well, I guess I'm not going to breastfeed because it's too, too much of a, a lifestyle change for me. Even when I, I did have to remove dairy because Mac had um, blood in his stool, which was an allergy for a little while. But even you, you know, talking to you was like, it's not really, it's something that pediatricians say a lot is like, change your, the way that you're eating because that's affecting baby. That's also kind of a myth. It, it, yeah, it's, so it's not a myth in the way that like it never happens. It's just yeah. overstated. Yes. So oftentimes babies are not, they're not getting affected. You're going to read a lot of stuff anecdotally. Mom was hundred percent convinced this is what happened. And it might be true. It's not to say never. It's just not as common. The minute, the minute these babies start getting fussy, gassy, the first thing we go to is, well, what do we eat? And what are we going to take mm-hmm. out? What are we going to change? You know, and oftentimes like, and with Mac, and we talked about this a lot when he was, um, you were considering putting him on the meds for reflux, that tongue tie alone can cause his reflux. So he How had all that... kinds of things though. He was, he yeah. we did put him on meds and we did we the did. revision. Like we did all the yep. things. Yeah. Cause I think the revision came first. Still didn't see all the improvements, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but all those things can, so it's, you know, they can all affect the same thing. So it is not common for stuff you eat to actually have that big of an effect on baby. So of course, are there babies that are going to have, you know, sensitivities to milk and lactose and those type of things? Yes, there is. Um, but it's just not as common. I think as we kind of jump to that conclusion. I just think that's so important to know because, you know, when I, when Mac was having all these issues, I remember being 
inundated with messages from people like, it's the broccoli, it's the coffee, it's the hot sauce, it's the dairy, like everything. It's like too much of it. I'm like, and then talk to you and you'd be like, I mean, it could be, but it's likely not. And that was just another thing where it's like, okay, it doesn't have to actually change my life as much as it says. And then there was a medicine. I I want, I had like a thing that I wanted to take or something. And I actually wrote to Dr. Newman and he's like, yeah, I mean, medicine, it's very, very small amount, same as alcohol. That's going to get into your breast milk. Like He's such an advocate that he's like, there's basically no reason to stop breastfeeding your baby. Very like, small. Right? Yeah. He's like, there's like nothing. You could do heroin and, and baby would be fine. <laughs> um, like he's so such an advocate for it. But it was just so reassuring for me that like I'm not harming my baby by having broccoli with my dinner and causing him all kinds of gas. Right. It's just like I just feel like that there's all these messages that are passed that make breastfeeding's already hard enough yeah. without all these other things that moms are told, you know, these and other that's, changes and, you have to do. Yeah. And, and by no means is to shame anyone, you know, um, uh, formula feeding, but totally, if you stop for a no. second and think, so broccoli is going to cause all this, these issues, which, okay, maybe there's babies here and there. Let's go read the side of formula. And the things that are in there. Mm -hmm. It's not natural. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. So like to look at that and think like, oh, well, this is going to be better. It's like, well, okay, come on. So, I mean, even with one of my kids, um, I thought like the one, the last one, he was gassy and I was like, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe I was drinking these protein shakes, whey protein. And I was like, maybe it's that because it seemed like the days that I had that it was him. Well, it was real easy for me to cut that out and it's a protein shake. Who cares? And see what happens. It doesn't take you long. How often are you, if you see that every single time you eat broccoli, well, okay, that's pretty decent mm-hmm. data. Like go with it, but just relax. Like it's like you eat broccoli once, baby's gassy once, yeah. uh, and everyone's jumping to conclusions. One major point I want to make, this is the advice I give to all moms, not just for breastfeeding. The minute you think you have your baby figured out, they are going to change on you. So you think yeah. you got them figured. I spent the whole first year of my first baby just reading. Was it sleep? Was it breastfeeding? It didn't matter what it was. I was reading constantly. It's all I ever do. And I'm like, hey, listen, I thought it was like, oh, well, they were sleeping like this. And all of a sudden they changed for two nights. And now I'm researching. What is it that's causing it? Chill out. They're going to change. They're always going to change. You're going to think you know their routine and then they change it on you. And as you're freaking out about those two, three days where they didn't sleep well, they flip back to where they were. So just relax. These babies will always change their routines on you. The minute you think you have them figured out, just stay consistent in what you know is is right. So if it's sleep, stay consistent in those patterns, right? Speaking of these changing, uh, a lot of moms, especially in the U.S., have to go back to work in an obscenely short amount of time. Yes. And then they're going from being with their baby uh, – a lot to being with their baby in the midst of also having to work. So they're mixing in like other, you know, daycare or other people giving baby bottles. Any tips or advice for moms going to work and juggling that with bottles and also trying to continue breastfeeding? Sure. So this is a big one. So I'll keep it short because it is something that would be somewhat of an individualized plan that you would want to do with someone to looking to how their transition looks. What I would say, because I've obviously worked with a lot of American moms um, that came through your uh, following, Ash. And uh, so what I'll say to them is, are you going back to work? And they say, yes. I said, okay, give it the first month to not even concern yourself with that. I find that if in the if we can get through that first two weeks to a month we probably should be smooth sailing if there's not any major issues. It kind of gives you that time to establish things. So when moms come in going, well, I got to go back to work. And they're like, 
five days, your baby's five days old, they're trying to figure out a pumping schedule and they don't even know how to nurse yet. It actually, um, through the research has shown that it is a major reason why moms quit breastfeeding is because Mm. you have just put way too much on yourself. Mm -hmm. So let it go for that first month. Just learn to establish your breastfeeding, recover, enjoy your baby. And then let's talk about it then. So once you get to that point, what some moms will like to do, they want to build up a stash. So they kind of have some extra milk in the freezer sitting there. So, you know, they're not just counting on the previous day's pumping session to feed the next day. So we can sit down and kind of talk about, okay, well, where can we add in some pumping sessions throughout your day to kind of get you a few ounces and start building that up? So you'll want to start building a bit of a, a bit of a stash that way leading up into your transition back to work. Um, and then when you go back to work, depends on what you want to do. Are you going to try to do exclusively breast milk? Are you going to have enough? And it all comes back to that supply demand. So depending on the age of your baby, if baby still needs to eat every two to three hours and they're eating roughly, you know, three ounces, four ounces, whatever we're kind of guesstimating, then you're going to need to pump in replacement for those times that they would eat. So if you were home and they were eating every two to three, you have to be able to pump every two to three to, um, replace that. Now, some people have the ability, pumping is a bit of a learned activity. So some people's bodies don't respond the same to it. Mm-hmm. Um, people who kind of pump from the beginning, their body learns the pump and responds because there's that hormonal response for the letdown, that type of thing. Um, for example, myself, I could pump fine in the beginning when there was excess milk. As I got into mm-hmm. six months out and I just skipped a feeding, it struggled. My body wouldn't respond and and let that letdown happen. You don't let that letdown, you're not getting much. Mm-hmm. So there's that learned response. Um, and so some people, they can pump. If baby really only ate four ounces at, feed, at that feed, some people can pump though and get like eight. Like they can get an yeah. abundance at that feed. So some people may be able to do it where they're not necessarily pumping every two to three hours, but they know that in a 24-hour period, their baby's eating roughly. And you can look up these numbers. How much does a breastfed baby eat in this much time? It's like 24 to 30 something ounces divided by the number of feeds. Um, they will say, well, I need this much. So if they get eight ounces in a pumping session, they might only need to pump twice at work or once, whatever it is. So you kind of have to look at the needs of the baby. Um, and the other one thing I would suggest is when you do transition to bottle feeding, whether you're just throwing them a bottle in that second month, once a day, once a week to kind of get them used to it, um, try to do what's called pace bottle feeding. You can look up videos of this. Normally we lay baby back. We put the bottle like this, more of on a horizontal vertical. I always have to think about that on a vertical (laughs) milk is flowing into their mouth. What we do with pace is we kind of sit baby up a little bit more and put your bottle more on a horizontal so that they actually have to do more of a sucking action to pull it. And that more mimics what's happening at the breast. So you're getting more of a complimentary versus a competing method just so that it doesn't start to be a situation where baby's like, well, that's real easy and forget mom kind of thing. Yeah. Like the Um, flow over here better. Yes. Yeah. 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 If established breastfeeding is happening and things are going well, generally not a problem. Babies love mom. They're always going to, they generally love the boob better if it's giving them what they want. Right. Yeah. So that's a big answer in a nutshell. Love it. Okay. This is a wealth of knowledge. This has been a wealth of knowledge and you're a wealth of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And how do, uh, how do people contact you if they want to work with you to continue, uh, and have you as a coach? Okay. And what can they expect when they do? Yes. Like, you know. Sure. Um, Okay. Pop over at my Instagram. So I'm going to be. I'm glad I have this chance to say this. So my, when I started this and it, Ashley and I chatted, I'm like, do you think this would be worth doing a business? And you're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, let's do this. Nothing else going on. It's COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was back in May 2020. So my goal was never to have a major online presence. It was more, you know, to get out there. So you will find if you come to my Instagram, I'm an infrequent poster. I'm still there. You can DM me. 
you know, all the things. So just don't be too excited if you don't see a ton coming out of there. I'm just a little slow. I got four kids and other work too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the Instagram is Trisha, T-R-I-S-H-A. Yep. S-H-A. I was just thinking my name's Trish. I was going to forget the I. Trisha.Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N 81. So that's Instagram. And then my website is just my name, www.trishalawson.com. So you can go over to Instagram. Most of the posts that you're going to see there um, are the major hit items. That's where I also struggle. I like to post things that are of value and I'm like, well, I've hit a lot of the big ones. Mm -hmm. So you can go on there and get a ton of the info that we talked about today. DM me if you have questions. Um, Pop over to my website. You can take a look, a little bit more of my bio, who I am, what I'm all about. My kids are way younger in that picture, but that's all we got. Um, and then take a look at the packages. So on there, what I have is majorly two major packages. One is basic. So that's what most people need. We'll do, uh, you know, online, or if you're in my area, we would do in-person, um, feed, and then we will do two weeks of text, phone, email, whatever suits you best support. So going back and forth and figuring things out. If that package doesn't work out with you, we can just add on from there. You want another visit? Okay. We'll just add that on. Then there's the bigger package. It's the newborn breastfeeding, um, package. That one includes two visits or, you know, online or in person, a month's worth of, um, support and also the personal education where we just go back one-to-one and and teach you all the things that you need to know there. I will tell you that I won't leave you high and dry. I stick around until you are successful, whether it says two weeks, you know, of course I need to keep boundaries, but I want to see you successful. I'm not here to make millions. I want to see women do well. Um, And I think the biggest thing that you can see when you work with me is that it's not just a consultation. I'm not just there you know, give me my two cents, give a little plan and then take off. So we get to work together. I always joke that I'm kind of like that, you know, I'll be like your best friend, but not like hand that rocks the cradle that steals your baby, you know, <laughs> since we don't really know each other that well. Um, but that's kind of the relationship I like to to develop with my clients that you're comfortable, you're, you know, you're vulnerable, you're showing me a lot. You know, I ask you about your mental health. We discuss how you are doing. It's not just about that. Um, and then I'm always here for questions. Just people, you can ask me anything about babies. And if I have an answer for you, I'll give it to you. Right. I yeah. I, yeah. You, you've been a um, resource for me for way more. I mean, mm-hmm. breastfeeding was the primary thing, but yep. even still things are going on and you'll mess with me like, Oh, try this or do this or look into that research this, you know, you helped a lot when Callan was really sick. Yeah. Like, yeah. You've just been an immense. Resource are they still nursing? She is weaning right now. That's amazing. They made it. He just turned a year. So that's she's trying. amazing. They are, they have one feet a day or something like that. That's but, great. Mm-hmm. That was a yeah. tough one. They were tough. Yeah. 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 That worked out though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, I'm so like, I don't know if I'll ever breastfeed again because I, my tubes are tied. I'm not supposed to have another baby. Who knows if that's going to happen, but, um, I'm still so passionate about this because of what an experience it was for me. And, um, that I, you know, if, if you want to do it as a mom, there is a way and there is a like way. having you in my corner for the whole thing. As I mentioned, Mac had all kinds of issues and I don't know if I would have made it without you, you know? So, um, yeah, you guys send this to people that, you know, um, are interested or gonna have a baby use it for yourself, save it so that if you are pregnant, like it's, yeah, you need Trish. I mean, you need Trish in your life. Okay. okay so is it Trisha? Or is it Trish? Yeah, no, my name is Trisha, but, and it's not Patricia, it's Trisha, but Trish is just, I'm used to that more. Because I feel like I never know, so it's like 50-50 what I call you, but... um, No, Trish Trish sounds more, you know, chill. Pals. Yeah, pals. pals. Yeah, BFs. All right. (laughs) Trisha, you are the best. Thank you so much for everything you've done for me personally as well and for being on the pod today and sharing your wealth of knowledge with our listeners. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. 
So now you guys can see why we had to bring her on. Oh, yeah. You just got to know about it, right? I mean, even just being second time mom. Yeah. You've learned a ton too, right? So much. Yeah. So much. Um, So if you love uh, the pod, right? And you do. And you do. Share this episode with someone who could benefit from it. Leave us a little, uh, tap the five star, leave us a little note. And you guys, we love the hell out of you. You can stick with us always. Always. And we will see See you you next Tuesday. Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Want more you can sit with us? How about another round of your favorite podcast? We Sign same, me up. same, same, same. Join us for another round over on Patreon. That's where we give you the down and dirty. We get yeah. raw and real. We raw dog it over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every Friday, at least, we drop Friday episodes over on Patreon and additional content. It's all ad free. You can sign up. Go to Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash you can sip with us or download the Patreon app and search. You can sip with us. Become a patron. Five bucks, guys. It's five bucks a month. I mean, just give up your latte one day. One day Mm -hmm. out of 30 days. Boom. Paid for. Yeah. Yeah. Totes. Kabots. Do it. We'll see you over there. KCO. Every Friday, guys. Love you. Bye. You're our crew. Bye.